The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, hello again and thank you for joining us for another uh, daily devotional as we take today. And we're actually going to finish uh, the book of Habakkuk today. So I want to thank you as not only many of you joined us ever since the beginning of this, would have been back in, I think, end of April, as we realized, uh, or beginning of May, as we realized that the quarantine and all of this was going to last longer than the two to four weeks that we were initially told. And hopefully this has been some level of encouragement as we go through very, very uncertain times. And I mentioned a long time ago that the one thing this will do is it will purify the church and <clears throat> strengthen the church. And I mean by that is I mean Christians in general, the body of Christ. As much as it will ours, the body of Christ across America will be strengthened in this time. And I never thought that we'd be in a point where governments were placing the type of oppression that inconsistent to other businesses that we're seeing across the country. Fortunately, not necessarily here in Pennsylvania at the moment. Uh, but it's just been very amazing to see the straight out um, working of Satan during this time. And, and, and with everything else, it's just amazing to see how he's been working. And so I'm, I'm glad that you're willing to take time to be in the Word of God and to help that be a level of strength and encouragement through some really difficult and dark times. Today we're going to be in Habakkuk chapter 3, and we're going to look at something that probably all of us at some point, or if not constantly through our Christian journey, find ourselves struggling with. Sometimes we won't want to admit it um, because it's a little bit personal in the aspect of our walk with God and our trust in God. And uh, so let's go ahead and dive into these verses and get an idea of just how we continue in times we don't wonder what God is doing. How can we find great strength in spite of things that actually seem like they're falling apart? Uh, Habakkuk chapter 3, starting in verse 17, uh, the Bible says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, Neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from, the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will join the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, and he will make my feet like hinds feet, and he will make me to walk upon mine high places to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. So what we see, remember the context, at the beginning of this book, Habakkuk comes to God and says, why are you ignoring, the just, ignoring all of the justices? What are you doing? And then God tells Habakkuk of what's going to come down the road for this nation because of their unwillingness to really focus on God and come back to God. Their idol worship and all these things had just really been too much for God and they were refusing to get right. And so God tells Habakkuk, this is what's happened. Tell the people, write it down, let them know. So we see, uh, and then we see Habakkuk struggling, saying, God, that's, that's a bit much and kind of shaken. But then now this last chapter, we've seen really Habakkuk go back. And he's talked about after seeing all of this, the goodness, the grace of God. And, and so what, well, then he comes in and he comes in the end and says, now when this all happens, when everything seems, will fall apart for a period of time in our nation, how am I going to view God? Uh, let, let's go back to another verse before we continue on this. And I want to just talk about for a minute. It's a verse that many of us quote. We quote a lot. We quote because we know it's true. We need it. But if you break down the, the two verses we're going to look at for uh, just for a second, uh, it's, it's easy in certain times. And other times it really becomes complicated. And that's the passage in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, 
where the Bible says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understandings. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. So the question I would ask is, how do we find strength, and can we still continue to see the goodness of God and the trust in God when what we see is happening seems everything to be falling apart? We look at it and say, God, this is what I really thought you were going to do. And not only did you not do it, everything else seems to be just kind of falling apart in the process. We look at that in a great struggle. And so how do we trust? Lord, you know, and then he begins to think, well, what about this? I thought this prayer requested. It goes back to remember in James, when you lack wisdom, ask of God that gives to all But let him ask in faith, faith in God, not in the circumstances that we got to make sure we put our faith in. Because circumstances change. And remember back when we used, we used a video from Dr. David Gibbs. And he talked about uh, when we were finding joy, and joy was not found in circumstance because circumstance comes from the word happenstance. If we find joy in circumstance, our, our, we're going to be up and down. If we have a good day, bad day, and we're going to find all of this in that negative realm, shall we say. So uh, we, we look at that passage, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That phrase, all thine heart, is probably the hardest part. We all want, we all want to trust in God. We believe we trust in God, and we, and we do. All thine heart becomes where you really do, because you're, you know, and all that we trust, and trust in with all thine heart, and lean not on your own understanding. Don't look at your circumstances, your situation, as, as you would see them. You have to, I'll trust that God has a plan, he's still working, when none of it makes sense, with all your heart. And it's not always easy, because when you look at the circumstances, you say, what's going on? Well, I use that reference to, to Proverbs, and I look back to what, um, Habakkuk is stating here. Remember Habakkuk states, he concludes, one day this punishment that God has foreshown to me that is going to come to this nation because of their unwillingness to come back to God and get rid of the idols and they're just living in sin. At some point, God is going to bring this great punishment where the Babylonian people, the Chaldeans, are going to come and they're going to basically overrun the nation and take the nation into captivity. And he's saying, Lord, I really wanted you to answer but boy, this seems extreme. So what happens when the answers from God seem extreme? So he, he's talked about all of this, and he takes some time, and he, he reminds God in the poetic, and in Hebrew poetry we've been talking about, about, Lord, you've done all these things in the past, and I know again you will do it again. Please remember mercy in the time of this justice, and all these things. And so he, he concludes. Now remember, this is very different than how he started. He started Habakkuk with basically, what's going on? He started this letter with, what's going on, God? What, what are you doing? And then he ends it with really speaking more about, less about the circumstances of what's coming. Because one thing unique about this, the coming circumstances that's about, the coming punishment that will come to the nation, it was not going to change. It did come. It wasn't going away. God didn't say, you're right, I'm not worried about this. It was coming anyway. Uh, Habakkuk said, in spite of the fact that I know this will come at some point, I recognize the character of God in this. This is good. I know his character. I know his mercy. So when we see things happening, we look at the circumstance and it can overwhelm us, understandably. But we must trust in God with every part of our fiber so that we can recognize and trust in his character, that what he said he will do, he will do. Now, please recognize the one requirement to that is being right with God. He says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. In fact, there's multiple scriptures where different things are happening, where God says he will not hear us in prayer. So we have to understand that being right with God is absolutely necessary. The Bible, Paul also said, uh, I made a point to have a conscience void of offense between God and man. I'm right with God and I'm right with man to the best of my ability. And if there's things I'm not aware of and I'm told I can deal with it, but the best of my ability, I, I, I believe I'm there. And if I'm, you know, if I'm not, I want to get it right. 
So we're doing our best to be right in these areas, and then we can kind of recognize at that point, when we see all of this, it doesn't make sense. It seems harsh. It doesn't seem fair. But we see God's character. So let's take a minute and break down these verses to see what he's saying. So in verse 17, Habakkuk says, Although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stall. So he starts off with talking about, basically talking about the economy. Remember, in those days, in Bible days, the economy was in farming. Not only did it deal with living, you needed the food and all these things, but it was also in trade and commerce and things of that nature, and the major portion of it was in farming. And so he, say, he just goes through and talks about that all the farming will cease. All the things that we're used to seeing because we put our hands to it will be gone. So here, here's how he pictures this. He says it will come a time when God is going to allow this nation to be taken into captivity. And so kind of steps back and pictures what the, na the land is going to look like while they're over in ba Babylon. He says, we're going to look at what was beautiful farming lands, the vines and the fig trees, and they're going to be empty. We're going to look at the st uh, stalls and all of the great animals that we've used for different things, and they won't even be there anymore. Look in the stalls, and they're going to be empty. And, and so you can say, at one point, we, so we remember, we look at these empty fields and these empty farms, and we, we remember the goodness of God, remember what God did, remember what God could have done, and now we see emptiness. And we look at it, and it's just like, Lord, why? What is going on? And why would you allow this? And so what can happen in frustration is you can look at that, and you can say, God, you failed. Or, God, I must have failed to allow this. And, and these things can, and, and Satan gets in your mind. Remember, I like what Warren Wearsby says in the book, The Strategy of Satan. He reminds us that the battlefield is our mind, and the weapons are lies. And we'll begin to believe things about God and, and about ourselves that we would never believe. Uh, because Satan puts it in there. Remember the first thing Satan did to Eve is he made Eve question God, his goodness. Has not God said you could eat everything? The first thing he did is he pointed out to Eve the one thing God said she could not have instead of all of the great things that she had been given. And we begin to focus on what we think God's taken away instead of what God's given us. And we do that, and so we conclude, if, it's not, if we're not careful, a negative impression. We look at God and say, it's not fair, what's going on? And we allow Satan to navigate and narrate the thinking in our mind. And he's constantly working on this. And so uh, we, he looks back. Now, normally when you, you say Habakkuk, we look at basically one of the effects of the captivity of this nation, of, of all of the economy of this great one-time nation just gone as he looked at the land that was going to be empty at some point, described it. You would see somebody that would say, that's not fair, I don't like, and you'd look and you'd say, God, what's going on? I mean, didn't Joshua do that after the battle of Ai? He sat there and said, God, what's going on? And God said, listen, get up and go deal with sin in the land. So it's easy to do that. I don't understand. But Habakkuk had been through this conversation with God. He'd wrestled with God, as we talk about when like Jacob did overnight. And he had come to see that God's way was right because of the character of God. That was the founding. So he describes the negative, negative effects of what's going to take place in the future of this nation. And instead of coming in another level of frustration, he does the opposite in verse 18. In spite of all of these negative things, verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will glory in the God of my salvation. Let me tell you a couple things that I've learned as I was just looking this verse over. It's a simple point. This is a decision that's based upon my knowledge, not necessarily my feelings. There are days when your circumstances are so heavy 
and you sit back in God and say, I'm really struggling with this right now. And I say, maybe it's just me, but you sit back and say, Lord, are you moving? What's going on? And you sit back and it's just overwhelming what's going on. And so he chose. He said, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will go back to the goodness of God in spite of the circumstances surrounding me. Now, can I tell you something? This is just transparency from a preacher. Really easy to say. When you preach it, it's easy to read. It's a little bit harder to live out. We had a privilege a couple nights ago to be in the house of a, of a family. They, we're dropping off their kids and they invite us to dinner. And uh, the wife, mother had made a comment how at one point she was struggling with something and God said, rejoice in the Lord always. And they said, again, I say rejoice. And she said, I, sorry, Lord, for sinning. And I listened to that and I thought, wow, it was a very straightforward point, but there's truth. God has given us direction how to deal with this. And if we're not careful, we can be overly consumed. Now, let me remind you of something that has kind of been rolling through. You know, I, I would bring up once in a while as in a time of, of uncertainty and continued uncertainty even for our church right now uh, with recent decisions, you know, with school and everything. Remember in, in Philippians, it says, um, be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds. That passage does not tell us to ignore the circumstances. That passage does not say that the circumstances are gone. It just says in the midst of the circumstances, you can give it to God and find peace. Don't allow it to develop anxiety. Can I tell you what that means? If I'm not careful, it will develop anxiety. It will develop frustration. It will develop uh, struggles in my mind which result in physical results and things of that nature. So I must go back and remember, it's not that, hey, you get peace because I've eliminated the problem. I was just reading something, you know, sometimes God calms the storms, calms the storm around me, or sometimes God calms the storm in me. Um, you know, I may be in the midst of the storm still, but God can calm that storm inside of me, which sometimes is needed. So Habakkuk, after this long debate with God, concludes down to the end that I'm still going to rejoice in my God, the God of my salvation. Then he continues in verse 19, the Lord God is my strength and he will make my feet like hinds feet and he will make me to walk upon my high places to the chief singer on the stringed instruments. He says, listen, the, the God is my strength, not my circumstances, not my understanding, not my emotions, not my fear of what may take place as a result of all these things. And he will be like a goat, basically a mountain goat that can use the hooves to be able to walk up in rough places where one long slip could be dangerous, but they're able to be there uh, because of how Craig created them. He says, God will be like that. He will give me strength in uncertain places, but I have to allow him to do that. I have to allow him to be that strength, to be that source, to be that help. And that is one of the harder things we'll deal with because our emotion uh, from our flesh or from the circumstances are screaming this and uncertainty and frustration and, and hurt. And those emotions are real. Not, some of them, if we go too far, it can be, you know, live in the fear, they become sinful. But some of them are just legitimate emotions. As we try to navigate all the things that God's led into our life and why and what's going on and, and the effects of it, it's easy if we're not careful that our emotions can overconsume us. And we've got to be careful to make sure that we his emotions are there that we filter them through the grace and love and mercy of God and his strength that he brings. And we go back to uh, you know, Proverbs, trust in him, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean on into your understanding. It's easy to quote, it's easy to believe, but it takes real worship when you have to do it. And I'm going to tell you, as I've read this, again, for at least for me, these passages are very timely as it's a reminder of what God is leading me 
in this time in our journey, in this season of ministry, how to trust in him in spite of all the other things that are going on, at least in my mind, in, in, in circumstances, and it's easy for us to not, and we must rejoice in him. I wish I could say that means it eliminated the problem. Habakkuk is stating that even though I know these problems will come, I will still trust in God, because whatever God allows is good. Boy, it's, 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 I wish it were... You know, I wish it were that simple sometimes in our mind, but it is true. We know this. Whatever God allows is good. And he's got a reason for it. It's to grow us. It's to purify us. Whatever it is, it's good. And so we put our trust back in God. I encourage you in these times of all of the uncertainty around us and, and the new events in our ministry here, I encourage you to work to be like what Habakkuk said. I know these things are happening. And I can see the results of what might happen or is going to happen in his circumstance. May I continue to put my trust and Almighty God. I hope this was a level of encouragement. I know it's been a challenge to me as I was studying it, and I hope that God would use this to help you and encourage you uh, on this day and be a help as we continue to move forward. I hope that you're encouraged. I hope you find strength in Him, and I hope you continue to rest in Him uh, through these continued unparalleled times in our culture and as well in our church. Uh, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to minister to you and be part of your day. I hope you'll continue with us and maybe share this with friends. And I uh, just thank you again for the privilege to be part of your, your day. We ask, uh, and uh, we hope you have a great afternoon. God bless.